There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We said hey yo. Daylight coming, I wanna go home. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> home? That's what he does. Yeah, it's not the oscillation of his vocal cords was very well represented by you. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to the show. It's you, me, and a poltergeist. We are your weekly hosts. To talk about hauntings and ghosts. Ah, I like that. Thank you. That was thank good. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I haven't been thinking about that since last week. Oh my god, you have been. I have. And it took me that long to come up with it, because I thought about it as I walked in the door before. <laughs> the door to our exquisite podcast room, of course. Yeah. You know, 24 karat gold, wallpaper. So much echo. All the echo in the world. But if you don't support us on Patreon, we can't help and improve that quality. We can't afford more 24 karat toilet paper. No, we can't Someone's... afford to live somewhere where no one's walking above us. Yeah. So, help us out. Support us on our Patreons. We've got some great supporters over there and some great patrons. Thank you to our patrons. We love you. Love you. Ooh. So, what's new, babe? You're wearing your glasses, you look beautiful. Thank you. I am wearing my glasses because I was listening to myself. I helped edit the last episode and I was listening to myself speak and trying to pronounce words and I know it's because I can't see the letters properly. And that it's you've not, written down in your notes. It's not because I don't have good vision. I've actually got really good vision. It's... I don't know if any of you out there have dyslexia, but... The literal letters get mixed around and my brain cannot process it and mm. my mouth cannot process it and it just comes out jumbled and I can't pronounce anything and when I have my glasses on I'm a bit better mm. and I today I fucked up so much at work because I you know I'd go to say oh you know this is $46 but then I'd be like that's $64 Oh. And the customer would be like, um, excuse me, what? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, it's 46, not 64. And they'd give me a look. I'd be like, fuck you. I don't have my special reading glasses on with the coloured lenses, all right? <laughs> so these lenses really help because sometimes I've also got island syndrome. So sometimes the 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 like lines like separate and go wavy and fade in and out. And this helps me to stay focused and I can... Hmm can read but my vision's fine like i don't really need glasses to see i just need them to read yeah it helps with my migraines i i don't think it's anything like 
medical-wise, but I, <laughs> in my mind, my mind goes so rapid when I'm trying to write things that I'll just skip ahead a few letters, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be writing, and then my hand will move over the space and not write letters, and then I'll just keep writing the rest <laughs> of the word. That was like when I do running writing, like, in a hurry, it'll, like, I'll have the first letter, a scribble, and then the last mm. letter, and, like, a couple dots mm. or, like, a slash, that's a T, you know? At least I leave space for myself to come back and write without the letters. <laughs> I know what I've written, but no one else does. I'm like, I could be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how good that writing is. <laughs> but sometimes my writing's really super neat, because yeah. I can't focus on writing it, because my brain is like, <laughs> the N goes the other way, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Let me write it properly. <laughs> Do you know that I I can't, I can't spell my last name? You can't? Why? Like, when I'm writing it, uh, I get it. I can spell my last name, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Yeah. But when I'm writing it, it down, I go M-C-D-O-N-D-L-A. Ha! <laughs> 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 yeah. Yep. Alright. <laughs> so, whenever I do my signature, which is B, McDonald, try forging it. You won't be able to because I get the D, I do DLA and then I'm like, oh, whoops. And then I have to scribble over, do an A, L, D. <laughs> oh, banks love me. Oh, yes. I always have to change my signature when I go to the bank because it's never the same because I'm always scribbling because I can't write my own last name. <laughs> it's not going to get any better with... um. If I changed my name to Five Ash, I've already tried oh God, doing yeah. a new signature. Oh, really? <laughs> I I do F V sh like F V S H because like my brain won't write F I V E A S H. Yeah, I think I just have F then a number of lines it's and like then a H, couple scribbles. Yeah, and then like two lines through it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. So Anyways, let's not tell the world name. our signatures. Oh, as if they could interpret it our, by our, our fucking chicken scratch signatures. Yeah, that's true. I wish I had better handwriting. I always ask customers for their autograph. Mm. Like, I don't say, can I have your signature? I'm like, can I please have your autograph? I'm just such a big fan. Oh my gosh. And it always gets a laugh, and that's... that's <laughs> classic I, retail joke. Yeah. That's what I want to um, give to my customers, is a laugh. Send them home with a smile. Wow. Talk about customer service, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's it. And tell me I'm not inconsistent because I'm super consistent with that joke. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Or like whenever I ask someone out. for their loyalty card, they're like, oh, I don't know if it's in there. I was like, every time I ask, it always ends up showing up, you know? And then <laughs> it shows up and I say it every time. Or if I go, oh, if you don't have the card on you, I can just pop your email in. And then they'd be like, here's the card. i be like, that always happens every time. Oh. And I say the same sentence every fucking time. Like a broken down record, but I am a broken down record. Hi, how's it going today? Die, dies a little inside. Every <laughs> time. Yeah. And then, like, they just don't even look at you. And then they turn around, like, five seconds later and look at you. And you're already, like, grumpy face. And then they turn around they're like, oh, sorry, hi. And I'm, I just do that half little mm-hmm, smile. Like, mm, it's all right. I love being ignored 36 times in a day. <laughs> uh, 
So, funnest of facts for you all, stick around to the end of this episode where we may recount a little thing that happened in our week that was very spooky. It was very spooky. Should we recount it? Give a quick cliff notes. Don't go too deep into it. Um, well, we ended up having to smudge the house. I think that's a good cliffhanger for you. Yeah. Stick around for that. But just skip right to the end. You know, do what you want to do. We can't control you, but on the lines of doing what you want to do, make sure that you fucking support us on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Buy our t-shirts and stuff on tpublic.com. And go to the jeweler and buy us Gucci watches. I mean, I'm not a fan of Gucci, but... What are we talking about today, Melinda? What are we talking about today, Melinda? I noticed the last three episodes you've done that and I've mimicked you. Yep. Yeah. It's a ritual. It's our thing now. Um, Become a thing. I don't know what we're doing today, but I don't even know what my boobs are doing. They're popping out all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we aren't talking about anything specific. We're doing the free form podcast. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm going to sing my whole story for you. <laughs> Kidding. No themes, no confines. Just, just singing. Just okay. <laughs> yeah. Just sweet, sweet hauntings love him, love him. to get your rocks off on. Yeah. Yeah, I love getting my. Are you on a date with off. someone right now? And you're listening to this podcast? Well, sit back, relax in your car or whatever your device you're listening to this on, and get it. Oh, together. My darling, ah. Mmm. Can't get enough for your love, baby. Yeah. Anyways, I am speaking about today. What are you talking about, baby? little place in Ireland known as Duckett's Grove. In Ireland. It's in Ireland. Ireland. In Duckett's Grove. Duckett's Grove? Duckett's Grove in Carlow. Carla. 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 Car- I just turn straight into some Carla. Californian beach dude. Uh, fuck. Yeah, alright. Donald Duck with a mouthful of chips. <laughs> uh, mouthful of chips? I don't know, first it came to my head. Okay. I was gonna say dicks, but I was like, ah. Uh, a bit, a bit. Sorry. A bit too much. So, where is it? Say that all again. Yeah, Duckett's Grove <laughs> in Carlo, Ireland. Ireland. So, Duckett's Grove is... In this story, I'm going to refer to it a lot as a castle, because it kind of is a castle, but ultimately it's sort of not a castle. It's just a house, but it's a castle. So I'm going to refer to it as a castle from now on. Just going to clarify that, but it's not a castle, but it sort of is. Yes. So construction of Duckett's Grove was started in the mid-1700s, and it was finished in 1830. Wow. Throughout the entire of its history, that was only ever owned and lived in by the Duckett family. Hmm. I like that last name. Duckett. 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 Yes. Hey, just I feel Duckett. Like... <laughs> just duck it. I feel like there's lots of first names that you could put before duck it that'd make it into a bit of a, tu- a tongue twister. Like what? Duncan Duckett? Like Richard Duckett? Dick Duckett. Dick Duckett. Dick Duckett. <laughs> Through a series of unfortunate events. No copyright. Yeah. No relation. <laughs> yeah, none whatsoever. That fell upon the Duckets, uh, which I'll explain soon enough anyway. 
Uh, it was left abandoned about a hundred years later in 1930. Ooh. And that was the last time a ducket sat <laughs> within the house. <laughs> the castle is at the centre of a 5,000 acre a state of lush green meadows that are sparsely populated with trees. It's beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Really good. Originally, it was around 12,000 acres at the start. Like, they owned a lot of land. And this thing was, like, bang smack in the middle of it. So did they, like, sell off land around it or something? Uh, I think the government did. Okay. After they got... After the ducats died out and they took hold over it. Yeah. Yeah. So the castle was originally just a two-story country-style home, but upon the request of John Ducat, it was renovated into a Gothic Revival-style castle by a well-known architect named Thomas Cobden. So Gothic Revival-style is sort of like what you'd see in like those churchy cathedrals that are built pretty recent, but they're made to look like they were built like in Gothic times. Like, yeah. Kind of tacky, but interesting looking. Cool. Yeah, kind of cool. So the money required for the renovation was raised through a series of marriages into wealthy merchant families. So pretty much it sounds like old John Duckett was selling off his daughters to pay for his renos. Oh, Jesus Christ. Pretty well, because I don't think his... Oh, he had a few sons that got married, but none of them carried on the name except for one of them. Uh, so, like, they didn't wrong. have kids, or...? No, he did have lots of children, but he had a lot of daughters, I'm fairly certain. No, I mean, like, the sons. Uh, we'll get to that soon. Okay. It is a poignant part of the story. Okay. So, the castle actually has a number of high towers, chimney stacks with elaborate designs upon them, and several beautiful statues surrounding the house on pedestals. And the most sort of prominent feature and what you see first about this castle is that there is one very, very high octagonal tower that rises from it. And this is said to be one of the most haunted spots in the castle now. And one of the only places in the castle that's actually still livable in. And recently there was, oh, not recently, but like like 20 years ago, there was a lady that actually lived there. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. a recent. When the Duckett family was at their wealthiest, the castle had a whole retinue of servants, gardeners, and maids at the grounds to assist in its upkeep and the family's desires of the keeping, life. keeping up the family's desires. Yeah. Keeping up with the Ducats. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a reality show. And with all the drama that happens in their family that I'm about to tell you, probably should. <laughs> Who transitioned? Yeah. <laughs> so after after the professional daughter salesman John Duckett passed away, uh, he left the property to his son Willie Duckett, who was in his seventies at the time. Willie Duckett. <laughs> it's William, but that's what it's calling Willie. Oh, Will. Yeah, he was, so he was in his mid-70s at the time that his father passed away, so... Jesus Christ. Yeah, and William, of course, being the new owner of the biggest property in Carla, and not to mention now one of the wealthiest, did what anyone would do with a sudden rush of power and income, and he threw some extravagant parties. As you do. Uh, of course, and these uh, grand parties would um, 
happen and he'd invite the most influential and famous guests from nearby places. Dublin is one of the main places that is close by, obviously the capital of Ireland. So William was married when he was throwing these parties, I should say. Mm. And he was on to his second wife at this point. But that's not to say that old Willie (laughs) wasn't a ladies' man. (laughs) If I had to describe what he looked like, because I've seen a portrait of him, he looks like a Wallace and Gromit character. Oh my god. Like, just weird proportions. And, like, kind of chubby. Like, big eyes? Yeah, looks like he should be made of clay. Like, he should be part of a stop-start promotion. <laughs> promotion? <laughs> Fun fact, I've actually made a claymation. You know what? Most people have if they did media in primary school. That was me. That was me. Oh, wow. So did one about horses going through a bush. Oh, very nice. I did one about drugs and how you shouldn't do them. And in my... Claymation. It showed the protagonist taking some ecstasy. What the fuck? I was fucking like 10 at this point. He took ecstasy and then ecstasy transported him to hell where he had to fight demons and he was ultimately ripped in half. It was a very graphic claymation for a 10 year old. Sounds very graphic. Yeah, anyways. Old Willie Duckett, being onto his second marriage, thought, what better way to spice up my love life than getting a mistress? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously ruin my second marriage. Like, why not? Gone through one already, why not get rid of the other as well? Go through two. Yeah. While you're still kicking? Exactly right. So Willie found a lovely young Irish woman who he started seeing in secret. But little did he know that this would be one of the biggest mistakes of his life. Oh, no. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. So is it his first cousin? <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone in Carlo is related. <laughs> no. No offence to any Carlo listeners, sorry. We've got any. <laughs> his secret mistress was riding a horse on the property, and... It seems to be kind of assumed that she didn't quite know what she was doing on the horse from what I've read throughout the accounts because she fell off and died upon impact. Oh, okay. Willie may have been sad or even a little relieved by these events because his wife had zero clue about any of the sort of affair whatsoever. Word hadn't left the lips of his mistress except to her mother, who she was quite close with. Her mother being rather upset at the news, thinking, you know, old Willie's ways have corrupted my daughter. She decides to put a old Gaelic curse upon the land and the family. I can't quite remember what the the name of this Gaelic curse, like pure, pure or something like that. It was very interesting, but a, a curse is what she put upon the family and the property. So the whole of Duckett's Grove and the Duckett family were then plagued with bad luck and horrible happenings ever since the mother's curse was laid upon those lands. Willie ended up dying in 1908 at the ripe old age of 86. So, I mean, he still lived a pretty decent amount of time afterwards with the same wife and one daughter who wasn't his, but was his wife's. uh, She was the stepfather of. But he had no son to take over the lands and keep the family name going, unfortunately. The now widowed wife, Marie, and daughter, Olive, 
spent the next eight years after Willie's death in complete hardship. Spending stints between Duckett Grove and a mansion that Willie had bought her for a wedding gift. I would love a mansion as a wedding gift. What the fuck? A truly hard time. Truly. (laughs) Sell your fucking mansion. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) After those. Frustrating. Yeah. So after eight years. Marie moved to England mm-hmm. uh, as she feared for her safety after receiving a number of terrifyingly threatening letters from an unknown source. She tried to move back to Ireland, back into the manor she owned seven years after that, mm-hmm. as she had developed a psychological condition and intense paranoia that, quote, the Roman Catholic Church is after me. You know what? I'd believe that. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's cursed and the Roman Catholic Church is like, we got to get this curse, bitch. we got to exercise it out of exercise you. Exercise regularly, motherfucker. She's like, uh-uh, I heard about Michael Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though that's like a couple years in the future. A couple of years in the future, yes. Oh, I don't know what date this would be now. 1943 at this point. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah. Before Michael's time. Upon returning to Ireland, she was placed in a mental institution and declared insane. And she spent the rest of her days there. Could this have been related to the Ducket's curse? We'll soon find out after <laughs> this news break. <laughs> Another run of bad luck came to Daughter Olive who was only left with one shilling out of the close to a £100,000 inheritance, which is roughly worth around £6 million or $11 million Australian dollars today. How does she only have one shilling left? The mother kind of disowned her, I suppose, after Olive started dating like a... Army general or something along those lines. Army captain. Why and, would you decide? Like, good and, on her. And she was just, like, a bit sick of, you know, hearing how the Roman Catholic Church was after her, I guess. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it gets a bit much. But... <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> exactly. So I think I think she was just a bit bitter about that. But old, old Marie did something nice anyway and just donated all the rest of the money to charities. As oh, long as they weren't affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> really? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Salty as fuck, even to her grave. Yes, exactly. So that's an unfortunate thing for that happened for old Olive. At least she had an army general as like a boyfriend, because I mean, think about the pension she's gonna get. Oh, that's true. I'm not quite sure how the pension was in like 1943 or whatever it was. Whatever it is. Or was they were well supported regardless. Yeah, well, you'd want to hope that she was well supported, I suppose. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it was a general. General's like I think one of the highest honors you can get within the military. Didn't you say it was an army general? Yeah, like a captain, I think, or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. He was very high ranking. He was a high ranking in the army. They would have been very well off. Hmm. Hmm. So I mean, and and you shouldn't have to rely on. Your parents' inheritance either. You know, if that's what you're all you're going to be relying on, you're just not going to get anywhere in life, so... So, the property interior was nearly completely destroyed by a catastrophic fire in 1933. 
uh, the cause of which remains a complete mystery, and was left utterly abandoned for the next 70 years until the city council decided to step in in 2005 and restore some of the rooms and the gardens. Now it's open for tourists to visit, mainly the garden area. The interior, I watched a video where a drone flew over top of it. Because the roof and ceiling were still wood, but the walls were stone, now there's just like these massive walls and then like a hollow interior. It's really creepy to look at, except in the big turret, the big octagonal turret, which is the only place, as I mentioned, that is still livable oh. because it has a roof and floor. Oh. Yeah. The gardens as well are immaculate, like immaculately kept now. And it's a, become a popular tourist destination, uh, which surround the ruins have become a public park which are now filled with many fruit trees, roses, lavender, and other plants. And the mansion's outbuildings were converted into a tea room and several handicraft workshops. Ah. So it's become a real sort of public spot. And after a number of odd occurrences that were reported by visitors, it was decided by the local council to close the doors of Ducket's Grove after dark, just like old Bangar Fort. Except there's no tigers. There's no tigers, okay. No, it's not because of tigers. Probably could just be because, you know, there's, like, trapdoors and stuff that were burned, so there's just, like, holes leading down into the dark underpart of the castle. And, I mean, walking through there, you could probably just, like, fall and yeah. break your whole body and die. Your whole body and die upon impact. <laughs> and break your life. Yes. <laughs> That's what they call dying in some parts. Uh, no. <laughs> What happened to Mary? Oh, she broke her life. <laughs> <laughs> now it definitely sounds like a, a saying when yeah, you say right? it in a different accent. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> any accent, any other accent but what we're talking to makes anything sound like a saying. Exactly. Takes three chickens to hatch a... Cornfield. Oh. <laughs> okay. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Nebraskan saying. <laughs> <laughs> Takes three chickens to hatch a cornfield. Cornfield? <laughs> cornfield? Cornfield. The curse that was originally put upon the grounds were meant to only bring apart about death, despair, and financial ruin, which, I mean, arguably it did. Because, I mean, the family line died out. You know, Marie died. Marie went freaking crazy. Yeah, that definitely brought despair upon her. And Olive didn't get a single cent, so that brought her financial ruin in one way or another, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but there are many odd sort of paranormal phenomena that are happening in the castle and that are reported that gives me the impression that maybe something more serious has taken effect. Ooh. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. So there are rumours that the mother who cursed Ducket's Grove unfortunately managed to trap the soul of her own daughter on the grounds. The fuck? Yep. Yep. And raise her as a banshee. What the fuck? To shriek horrifying terror through the halls of the castle. So it is rumoured those who hear the wails of the banshee suffer fatality or family tragedy. And there are even recorded incidents of a woman dropping dead suddenly in the grounds of the castle and a garden worker 
reported hearing a crying, wailing sound, went home, and then their mother died the next morning unexpectedly. What the fuck? Yep. If all of you don't know what banshees are meant to be about, that's pretty much what banshees are. Yeah. They're sort of beings that bring about tragedy, you know, death. They're like harbingers of death. They're psychopomps, which is a fun word I've been wanting to use. Psychopomp. In a way, I suppose. Uh, but the main thing is that they are created by a curse or a woman's death that has been quite uh, tragic. Ooh. And then with the use of their wailing scream, they kill people or send people to their grave or send their family to the grave or inflict another tragedy upon them. So they're really horrific spirits of Irish folklore. Wow. And it's kind of interesting, you know, doing so much research and sort of different stories that you begin seeing the parallels between, like, spirits from one culture to another. Mm -hmm. Like Okiku. Like, I know she's not exactly a banshee, Mm. but she counts her plates, and if you hear her count ten plates and she screams because there's not a ten plate, tenth plate... Then you die. Happen, yeah. Okiku's a banshee. Yeah, she's just a different legend. She's a banshee. Japanese banshee. Yeah. Goddamn plates. I mean, I know how frustrated I get when cutlery and stuff goes missing. Do you think that perhaps this curse could have trapped the souls of all that died at Duckett's Grove? Mm-hmm. As there are reports. <laughs> Of hearing the voices of servants chattering uh, and the sound of them preparing food in the kitchen and pantry of the castle with like the clattering of cutlery and things. Uh, People walking around the corner only to see that there's nothing there whatsoever. Uh, There's reports of a phantom horse and carriage that has been seen pulling up to the entrance before disappearing into thin air. A large black shaggy dog running around with red glowing eyes and stalking people on the uh, grounds of the property. There have been uh, reports of disembodied voices, bangs and knocks, floating balls of light, shadowy figures, phantom bagpipe songs, and there have even been reports of seeing old Willie Duckett riding his horse around (laughs) around the grounds. So there is even word among locals that a man was riding past the front gate on his horse late at night and the horse just suddenly was stopped by paralysing fear. The man, just kind of like knowing the legend of Duckett's Grove, took out some rosary beads and draped them around the neck of the horse and immediately the horse's paralysis from this fear just was lifted and it managed... Who's managed just carrying around rosary beads? People in Carla. Alright. Uh, and then they managed to make a quick getaway. Duckett's Grove peaked in popularity... When the sci-fi show Destination Truth did a four-hour live investigation at the castle. Yeah, during the course of this investigation, their team all decisively concluded that there was, in fact, a banshee haunting the grounds. I'm unsure how exactly they came to this conclusion, but they did. They they probably just heard the legend and were like, yep, definitely a banshee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is... This is... How we make our money, telling people their places are haunted, <laughs> and making a TV show about it. Yep. Haunted. For sure they got paid money to oh, yeah. be like, this is haunted. But you know what? Maybe they found real evidence. 
Maybe they heard the wail and then their mothers died the next morning. Maybe, we don't know. One thing we do know is, it takes three chickens to hatch a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alright, I'm done. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Banshees and shit. Yeah, I have pins and needles in my foot because I'm sitting on it. Oh no. Mm. What are you talking about, Belinda? Well, Brayden, I'm also talking about someone's home. I thought you were about to be like, I'm also talking about Duckett's Grove. <laughs> and then you rehash the exact same thing I was talking about. I'm like, I'm about to disprove everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm the skeptic today. <laughs> Could you imagine if we did stories, like, and one of us didn't believe in ghosts, and it was, like, you would do the... I'm just assuming I'd be the skeptic. Mm. You would do, like, it's all haunted, this stuff, blah, blah, and I'm here, like, let me disprove all of this for you right now. And, like, everyone just discuss it amongst yourselves, but I'm right. Like, could <laughs> We'd you have imagine? to change the title of, sorry, the name of the podcast to you, me, and a poltergeist and a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> a poltergeist and a skeptic. Yeah, just... yeah. yeah that's it. <laughs> This whole time, Brayden's actually a ghost, and I'm a skeptic. Yeah, right. I'm, like, in denial that my boyfriend has died and is now a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I'm just a hallucination. That would make a lot of sense sometimes. Because I'm so dreamy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, shit. There's some brownie points. (laughs) Brownie point gun. Okay. No. (laughs) Why? Just no. <laughs> Why can't I have a brownie point gun? Not when it goes glock glock. Like, you what can't are you make doing? The noise. <laughs> like, can't. I can't either. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm giving you brownie points in the most effective mode ever. In a I'm... gun? Tell me how effective guns are. They're effective in killing people and you're killing my vibe. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? Aside from sending things at the speed of light, I feel like a gun is a pretty quick way of sending brownie points. Okay, how about a brownie point? Just imaginary brownie points. How about a brownie point arrow? Like Cupid. Uh-uh. Molly, please stop snoring, darling. Why does it have to be a weapon? Can it just be a chalkboard? How about a brownie point catapult? So I'm doing the Monte Cristo (laughs) homestead. (laughs) So I'm not talking about brownie points any longer um i want to start off by saying where i got all of my information on and just complain about one source very quickly because i love to complain about sources yeah um damn barbecue i love barbecue it's tomato that really gets me damn tomato sauce like i don't get it i love tomatoes but i don't like tomato sauce you know what i want to complain about it tastes like chunky tomato that it does why don't they make Big Mac sauce gluten-free for me? Yeah. It's delicious. Why can't Worcestershire be a different name? Yeah, why does it have to be that? Damn sauces. I don't even think I said that right. Next I podcast I idea, dissing sauces. <laughs> so, of course, I got a lot of the history from Wikipedia and montecristo.com.au. So, I also pulled a bit of information from the australiangeographic.com.au from a post they did on the 4th of September 2018, which came from a book called Supernatural, The World Guard of Mysterious Places by Sarah Bartlett. Just had a, uh, had a cute, had a few really good bits of information hmm. for a couple of the hauntings. I also, I think I, yeah, I wrote it here. 
There was also another place that I pulled some information from, um, like a full experience from the Canberra Times uh, website. I think it's called Canberra Times or TV or .com.au. One of the two. I didn't write down the actual website name. Sorry, I just wrote down Canberra Times. Um, this was by Claire Stibthorpe. Uh, she visited the place in 2017 and she wrote the article 26 of the 3rd 2017 so cool all of those sources really well written super great i love the information i really loved hearing claire's first-hand experience with the place and everything another person had gone there melissa mason she wrote an article on the 7th of september 2018 um, on the pedestrian.tv website. Though I got a lot of information from this site, especially about one of the hauntings, which has to do with a pair of steps, which is really cool, the article was just so unprofessionally written. And I don't know if it was supposed to be unprofessionally written or if, like, I've never... I haven't gotten much information from pedestrian.tv before, but this article was just so... She literally wrote, good old Willie, and... It's pretty much what I just said. Yeah, no, but it's different when we're in a podcast or, like, you know. This is, like, an article of, like, research of this thing that she's gone and done, and it was like, oh, but fuck that and bloody oath. And I'm like, okay, I understand Australian slang and shit, you know? Like, we're super fucking laid back. But, Are you sure it wasn't like a blog post or something? No, no, because it was like, I don't know. Right. There was a lot of good information, but it was just so stupidly written. Like, I couldn't, I didn't know if she was believing in this stuff or not believing in it. Dumb. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about that. Just, it really frustrates me when I'm trying to do proper research and I get Melissa Mason going, oh, but fuck that. Like, come on. All right, anyway. And before Melissa Mason listened to our podcast. Located in Junie, New South Wales, just outside the town Wagga Wagga, a double-story late Victorian manor is standing on a hill overlooking the town. The home was built by Christopher William Crawley in 1885 after obtaining the land in 1876. The house was originally a slab hut that was later turned into a small brick cottage until it was then turned into the large building it is now by 1885. Um, Christopher founded the Railway Hotel shortly after the Great Southern Railway was laid in 1879. The influx of tourism helped him become increasingly wealthy, which allowed for the extensions to the family home. That made it the double-story Victorian-esque home that was. You know what I a good way to make money in the 1800s? Sell your dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well... We can't all be like the Irish. <laughs> um, we're Australians. We take advantage of tourists. <laughs> Some would say that's far more morally acceptable than, <laughs> than selling your daughter. Yeah, but Absolutely. Only, only a few. He, because he was so successful, he ended up acquiring almost the entire town of Juni in the peak of his success. Wow. Yeah. He owned a town. Pretty much. Pretty He's much. A baller. Yeah. Uh, Christopher was a force to be reckoned with as he was more than a pillar of society. He became a town founder. Wow. Yeah, because he owned that much of it. Um, he was naturally 
very generous and had a sense of civic responsibility about him that resulted in him being held in high regard by the entire community. So much respect for him. Uh, The Crawley family were devout Roman Catholics and he donated a parcel of the land to a church and helped finance the construction of St. Joseph's Church as well as other civic projects in the town. Old Marie Duckett would be very unhappy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so his social status needed an omnipresent symbol. So Monte Cristo became, um, came into being, which stands for Mount of Christ. Oh, wow. So he's a, he's a mountain of Christ. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Christopher was married to Elizabeth Crawley and they had seven children together that all survived into the adulthood so they don't haunt the house if that's what you're thinking okay i was Um, wondering how they played a factor in it so that's why i don't mention them again because they're not interesting at all okay um elizabeth was known to rule with an iron fist with tales of her being quite strict with children and cruel to the maids there's a lot of information about their history and especially with elizabeth and how she would rule over the house, like the Queen of Victoria. Damn. Um, uh, the Queen of Victoria. Queen Victoria, sorry. She sounds a bit entitled. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when your husband owns almost a whole town... When your husband you owns feel, a mountain of Christ... Would you not feel <laughs> entitled? I mean, no. I'd be down to earth. I would feel so entitled. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you can't... Let the money get to your head. Clearly she did, okay? Yeah, she did. But there's a lot more information on the Monte Cristo, um, dot com dot au. They have mm. a full history page, and it doesn't include any of the hauntings or anything like that. It's purely just the history. So if you don't want to check out the history side, there's a lot more interesting stuff, but it doesn't play into any of this, so it's okay. So eventually Christopher passed away in 1910 um, at the age of 69 due to heart failure after a carbuncle on his neck caused blood poisoning. Oh. Hmm. Don't know what a carbuncle is, but... It's like a welt cyst kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Yuck. Uh, After his death, Elizabeth became a recluse, so pretty much a hermit. She, t- she converted the upstairs box room, which is actually a storage room, into a chapel and immersed herself into the Bible. Allegedly, she left the house twice before her death in 1933 after a burst appendix. So she only left when her appendix exploded? Well, before that. Before her death. Oh, so she died from a burst appendix. Yes, yeah, she died from a burst appendix. Wow. And she allegedly only left the home twice before God. her death. Of a burst I mean, appendix. if you live in such a nice home, why would you? And she was a hermit. She was depressed. Her husband had died. She didn't know what to do. She was Queen Victoria. She was, pretty much. She was <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> um, so her spirit now roams the house. Ooh. And a sensation of ice-cold air, like falling snow, indicates her presence. The rest of the family stayed at the residence until 1948 and was left abandoned until 1963. There's a fair amount of parallels between our two stories. There is, isn't there? Dead husbands, crazy women. Yes. There's (laughs) more. Crazy wives. There's more to come. Um, So the story of Christopher and Elizabeth Crawley seems like such a wholesome, true love tale. (laughs) But even the most respected people have drama. Oh, in their life. a mistress. Lots of secrets. Is there a mistress? Not just Elizabeth's spirit 
haunts the house, but also a maid. Turns out, Mr. Christopher William Crawley was having an affair with oh. said maid. Yes, that is correct. There was a mistress, and it was one of their maids. There's a theme to this episode, after all. Mistresses. <laughs> Mistress hauntings. That's the episode name. <laughs> <laughs> he knocked up the maid. She fell pregnant. Oh. She had a baby in the belly. In a uterus. In a bun in the oven. She was, yes, with child. She was cooking with gas. So, <laughs> after the news broke that she was with child and her life came to an untimely end. She died. How did she die, you ask? Well. How did she die? We know how she died, but we don't know the Who? truth behind it. We don't know who she died. But I... Who died? (laughs) No, we know exactly how she died. She fell from the balcony of the second floor right onto the front steps. Oh. And when you walk into the manor, the manor, the homestead, the house, the Victorian-esque double-story house, there are two steps. And on the steps, there's like a bleach-stained part. And that's uh, where they have scrubbed her blood off, and now it's a completely different colour to the other parts of the steps. And of course they didn't paint over it. Why would they? It's a great historical point, you know? This is where the maid died. That's where the maid died. But did she commit suicide? Because, oh no, I'm ha- I'm, I'm with child with a married man. Like, yeah. you know, married man's baby. It's 19-something. I've got to kill myself. I can't be, you know, I'm an unwed old maid. I can't, you know. Did she kill herself because of that? Oh. Or did Mrs. Elizabeth Crowley find out that this little slut was pregnant with her man's baby and in a fit of rage pushed her off the balcony? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Indeed. Okay. More to this. So, a figure woman can be seen on the veranda at the front in period clothing of that time. And she walks across the veranda and to the front steps and fades away. Holy fuck. She disappears. And whenever someone is on the steps, they can feel very dizzy and nauseous. Same with on the balcony. Which is probably how... Uh, the maid was feeling, hello, she's pregnant, of course she's yeah. feeling nauseous. Oh. And probably a little bit dizzy. Pass on from fe- of feelings into the afterlife. That's right, you get them pregnancy symptoms. What the hell is up Talk about the... a phantom pregnancy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's one of the second hauntings, I guess. So you've got Miss Mrs. Elizabeth Crawley. Um, Mr. Yes. Christopher Crawley did not stay... His spirit did not stay there. He passed on. He's like, I've had a mistress. I've had drama. I owned the whole town. Peace out, bitches. Like, you know. Whereas Elizabeth is heartbroken, moaning, crying. Like Like a banshee. No. It was not a banshee. There's no banshees. Okay. And the maid whose name I don't know is still there. We could call her Miss Fortunate. (laughs) Miss Unfortunate. God. Well, misfortune, um, misfortunate. Oh, yeah, I get that. No, I get yeah, it now. Like yeah, no, I get it. Uh, it's too much. All right. Yeah. 
Moving on, in 1963, Reg and Olivia Ryan purchased the home and restored it to its current condition. Beautiful. Uh, They raised their children in the home and they passed their home down to their children. Um, Their son, Lawrence, still resides in in the home with his wife, Sophia. The home now operates as a museum, antique store and tourist attraction, advertising itself as... Australia's most haunted house. Oh, who would have guessed it? No one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The house has been featured on shows such as A Big Country in 1977, Getaway in 1992, on a paranormal-based game reality show called Scream Test in 2000, Ghost Hunters International in 2010, and My Ghost Story in 2013. Also... The house was the focus of a 2012 mockumentary horror film called Muir House. Muir House. Cool. Mm. So Lawrence Ryan is also not shy to the camera, by the way, because Lawrence Ryan is Lawrence Legend, one of Australia's best known, is that right? Best known and respected stuntmen. Oh. Holding records. Australian world records. I mean, like, Australian records. Like, he's the one in Australia who's done it. He's holding world records, and he's holding Guinness Book of Records records. (laughs) Guinness World Records. He's holding that shit. And I did not have the time to research what records he's holding. I'm sorry. Please look it up for yourself. He has his own website called lawrencelegend.com.au. Look it up there. So, obviously, if he's a stuntman... Fear is one of the things that isn't he, hard for him to get over. He always wanted to be a stuntman. So, so him, he's not scared of anything. He holds more records house. than Evil Knievel. Damn. Mm-hmm. Suck on them apples, Evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn, boy. And now he'd be running this haunted mansion. This dude has the best life ever. Yeah, and he's about to open up his own Hall of Fame next year. Wow. In the town of Juni, which means we need to take the 13-hour trip down there. We're going. We're going to stay here, and then we're going to go see his museum. If this episode gets 5,000 likes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't exist on the podcast. No. If this episode is enjoyed, we will go. (laughs) Looks like we're going. going. (laughs) Do you enjoy this episode? All right, we're going. That one person in the back said no. Fuck them. <laughs> Jesus. I curse a banshee on you. Oh, we're going to curse you with the, with the old Gaelic curse. <laughs> um, so now, Lawrence and Sophia Ryan run two and a half hour tours through the house every week and on the grounds as well. And you can also stay the night. Um, Sophia says she can communicate with the different spirits, some being angry and some being sad, which really help us out in the next little part of this story so this is the part from the canberra times by claire that i have taken i've just rewritten her first person account to a second person account is that how it works yep yeah or third person account or third person that's that's yeah. yeah sorry third person whatever so is his wife a psychic i would say she is definitely in tune with the spirit world i would cool. not fully state that she's a psychic she's not stated that herself she just can understand spirits and their energies. Yeah, she gets you know? it. She gets it. In other words, she's an alcoholic. <laughs> she's me. She understands the spirits. <laughs> Hell you. you she speaks for the spirits late at night. 
<laughs> She's like tequila, vodka, a little bit of Jim a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> anyway. So Claire stayed there the night with her friend Jamila. On the tour, she didn't feel all the things that everyone else would feel, like the nausea, the dizziness, you know, things like that. Um, and she was a bit skeptical, of course. But when they had approached a closed-off room that had all lit candles in it, which is already creepy as it is, but there's no windows open, there's no doors open, Sophia points out that there was a candle fiercely flicking, like flickering and just like going fucking crazy and all the rest are like chill, just like that, just silent, chill. Sophia was like, that was the spirit passing through. That's why the candle was going so flickery. And that's when Claire started to feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, so they finished off the rest of the tour, blah, blah, blah. She didn't have anything else to say about the tour in her article. But after the tour, you have dinner provided for you. So after the dinner, they went to their room. And as Lawrence was walking to their room, he told them that he'll leave some lights on. Oh, and he pointed out the escape routes. Just in case they get too freaked out during the night and decide to leave. Because that happens. People really? do not last nights there. Wow. They pay all this money to stay there and don't even last. How much is accommodation? It's $195 a night. You That's get great. included a three-course meal, like, for dinner. And Amazing. then breakfast in the morning. And if you fucking last the night, they give you a gift. Oh, shit. What like, is the gift? I don't know, but it better be a signed autograph of Stuntman. Oh, or legend. yeah. <laughs> Local hero. Hell yeah, he's an international record holder. He has been on so many telly shows and radio shows Mm. across the world. Wow. This is pretty fucking sick. This is just his side hustle. Just owning a ghost hotel. Owning a ghost hotel. I really hope that his stuntman museum gets haunted. That would be cool. That'd be amazing. Imagine we managed to get Evil Knievel's ghost there. Oh. I wonder if Evil Knievel has a ghost. I need to look that up. <laughs> the haunted motorbike. <laughs> um, after that, like, they got ready, they were in bed, and Claire lied there for, like, hours, what seemed like hours at least, like, just really freaked out, couldn't go to sleep. But she eventually fell asleep, and it was only, like, a 30-minute sleep when she woke up to the feeling of, like, a gush of air on her feet. Oh, and then she's like, oh my god, okay, whatever. And just tried to brush it off like nothing happened and that it was just a figure of her imagination. She went to sleep. But she woke up again at 5 o'clock in the morning to Jamila like letting out really distressing noises. So Claire rushes to her and wakes her up and Jamila's like, there was a heavy weight on my body, mainly on my chest. The old sleep paralysis. Right, that's what I thought, straight up. But... So they didn't go back to sleep, but I wouldn't. No. No. God, no. Um, but when they were checking out, they told Sophia and Ryan what had, what had happened. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Sophia and Ryan. Oh my gosh, Sophia and Lawrence. Ryan is their last name. Sophia said it was the maid that played with Claire's feet, and that it was an evil presence that had frightened Jamila. Ugh. So it's like, it's not the first time. Obviously, it's yeah. not the first time this shit's happened. No, it's pretty common. It looks like, it sounds like it's a bit of a hot spot for this sort of shit. Yeah, and Sophia's like, ah, it's just good old evil Knievel over there. Yeah. <laughs> sitting, on your, sitting on your chest. <laughs> they don't call him evil Knievel for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely ain't good Knievel. Sure. No, definitely not. Lawrence also explained that as they were leaving, that many people who visit end up taking home a spirit with them. And Lawrence quoted, this is his quote, this is what he said, 
Now that you've had this experience, you might go home and notice things you didn't before. Maybe a photo that keeps falling. But don't worry, when people call us and say they brought one home, I say send it back to us in the mail. We need it for business. <laughs> <laughs> they're so chill about it, but they're pretty much saying you're going to take something home with you. Okay, well, let's not go there then. No, I want to. We'll just say like a prayer or something. I don't know. Um, but there are a few more spirits on the land. That's not all that happens. Oh, who else presides? There is more. So on the staircase inside the home, many people who walk up and down it feel quite unsteady and uneasy. It is said that the staircase seems pretty narrow, so Mm. maybe that's just an illusion type of thing, but it could also be linked to an incident that happened. This little girl was there and visiting and she was going down the steps, and she tumbled down the stairs no. and died. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. So it's said to, like, it's believed that the unsteady feeling that you're getting is because that girl fell down the stairs. Oh. So maybe that's how she was feeling when she it's was falling. Lots of feelings passed There's on. There's a lot of emotion. Emotional Super location. Much. Yeah. There's um, also an uh, old, like cottage type house on the land as well that was the caretaker's house and in the 60s the caretaker was shot by a boy in town who was inspired by the movie psycho wow Mm. um they didn't say anything else about like maybe his spirit still being there or i don't know if the caretaker was a man actually yeah so they did i didn't really see anything else about the spirit being there but it's really Cool bit to put in there, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, but before the caretaker was there, there was a housekeeper and her mentally disabled son. And they were there for years, years and years and years. And she had her son chained up to the wall for 30 years. Oh my God. Yes. He was mentally disabled. Like that's not his own fault, but she chained him up to the wall so he wouldn't go roaming around. What the hell? And getting into trouble. Yeah. So that was almost his whole life. 30 years. 30 years. Forever. Yeah. And when the housekeeper died, his mum, they found him curled up at her feet. Oh, that is so so sad. sad. But it gets worse. What? So there was no one to take care of him anymore. And he was put in the home for the insane. Yeah. And then he died shortly after. Oh, probably from a broken heart. That's, yeah. Oh, that is just tragic. Yeah. My heart hurts now. Yeah. Poor fella. But he still roams the grounds as a spirit today. Oh, well. And the sounds of clinkering chains yeah. is is him approaching. Well, at least a warning he's... sign he's coming. Oh. But I don't... At it doesn't sound like he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. At least he's off the wall now. Yeah. But it sounds like he still has some chains on. Damn. Gotta oh. get rid of those chains. Get rid of the chains. Poor guy. But... There's more. Oh, what the hell? This place is so haunted. <laughs> and you want to stay there? Yeah, let's do it. So, the okay. stables are the most supernaturally active place oh. on the whole fucking grounds. Yeah. Okay, you can hear, like, oh shit, you feel sick on some stairs, you feel unsteady on some stairs, you're going to be dizzy on the balcony. Uh-uh, that's not it. People will literally not walk near the stables. They get that bad of a vibe from it. Really? Yes. Would you say they get nightmares? Oh. Oh, oh that's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I think of my dear. 
<laughs> but yeah, people literally won't go near it. Um, in the that um, article that I said was really badly written, she wouldn't go near the stables. Oh, really? She was like, not nah, bad vibes, could not bring herself to go near it. But she did end up going to the caretaker's housekeeper's house, mm. whatever, and seeing like the chain on the wall and everything. Oh, and that, like, it's horrible. literally grant, like the chain, like, obviously he's, you know, walking back and forth, up and down, whatever. Literally, has been worn away. In Did a it say wall. what kind of illness he had? No, just said mentally disabled. Oh. The stable is the most haunted place. People don't like going there. They get really bad feelings, really bad vibes. And it's because the spirit that haunts not only the stable but also the coach house is a little boy who, well, not a little boy. Why is I a little boy? He's a stable boy yep. that was burnt to death oh. in his bed. At the hands of his master. Oh my fucking god. Yes. So he's not a good spirit either. He's quite angry. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I do not blame him. God. Poor kid. But that is the story of Australia's most haunted house. And Monte Cristo (laughs) homestead. Not only is it the most haunted, it's probably the place that has had the most gruesome deaths. Yeah, I mean... Getting pushed off the balcony, little girl falling down some stairs. Dude getting burnt alive in his thing. Burnt alive. Mum dying out back. Having to die in a mentally insane home. Oh, oh yeah, that's what she does. Oh, his name's Harold, the mentally oh. disabled guy. Oh, that's a nice his name's name. Harold. Yes. That's a nice name. I don't know anyone else's name. I want to go there just to meet Harold now. Yeah, Harold sounds and like a great guy. Hopefully, it's okay. We can leave him offerings. Yeah. Offerings like he's a god, but can I just <laughs> also like point out for this episode how much better was my reading with these fucking glasses yeah. on? I was really excited about this one because yeah, I thought one. I did really well with the yeah, great research. research. Thank Hell you. Yeah. And awesome. I, I tried to like put some of the hauntings in the history and then like have like the really <clears throat> creepy ones at the end. Or Hell yeah, babe, that's but, so cool. That's my story. And for only hundred and ninety dollars, we hundred ninety five. Hundred ninety five dollars. We can go there, have a tour and a meal, and then leave during the middle of the night. <laughs> I think the price of just the tour, which is two and a half hours, is hundred and twenty five dollars. Okay. Per person. Wow. So I think it's worth it doing the one ninety five night stay. That's amazing. We should, like, reach out to them and see if we can do some sort of deal. Because <laughs> we just did the, did free advertisement for them on the podcast. Pretty much. But I think they've had plenty of advertisement yeah, through their TV shows and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if I went there, if when we go there... We will be going there. I can guarantee you that I am just going to be covered... In all sorts of anti-ghost paraphernalia. <laughs> I'm going to have upside down crosses on me. Oh shit, you go check I'm going to summon the devil. Wow, thanks. No, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. I'll try and go there in a very good mental state. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And I'm just going to have uh, <laughs> a trench coat. Yeah, you know in those movies they like <laughs> open up the trench coat and it's like all the watches or something. You've got holy water, you've got the Bible, you've got rosary beads, a just cross, and a sage, and a lighter for the sage. My shirt's just gonna be origami to Bible pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Do you know how to origami a shirt? Nope. That my mum one... does. Really? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. My mum knows how to origami a shirt. Yeah. Like a human-sized shirt or nah. a doll-sized shirt? Well, like a craft shirt. Interesting. Or a card. Well, we got to upsize it a bit. Well, hot damn, babe. That was a spooky haunting. It was. And I can't believe that's in Australia. I'm only 13 hours away. Or only 13 hours and 15 minutes. You know, we should start leaving now. In the same amount of time, we could probably fly to Ireland. No, we couldn't. Ireland's probably like a day away. Anyways, it was crazy how many parallels there were between our stories, except for the yeah. fact that you had a billion other creepy things happen, and yeah. I just had that. I mean, you had a banshee. A banshee, yeah. No one just dies when they go and visit this place. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. But I'd rather be visit. Yeah, you know, I'd rather just instantaneously die from a banshee than have a fire burn ghost come after me yeah but i mean if you don't ain't get a spirit or the ghosts of like fucking evil knievel you know <laughs> <laughs> like just asleep and you hear at the end of your bed just like ghost like with a f- headlights at the end of your bed oh shit anyways i think that bad other is blah are we gonna talk about Oh, should we talk about that? Yeah, give a brief little outline. The thing. We'll talk about it in more detail in another episode. Well, we can just talk about it in more detail in another episode. Oh, give, we already spoiled it. Yeah, we use a smudge stick. Nah, give, give the people that. Yeah, one. that's alright. I'll try and tell it as quickly as possible because I've told it a few times now. Cliff notes. So, I, was, I came home, I wasn't feeling very well mentally, feeling quite depressed actually. My energy has been quite down lately. And um, I was sitting up. Brayden went to bed early. He was very tired. Totally understandable. And I just sat out in the lounge room and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling sad and sorry for myself. I tried to type all of my feelings down into the notes on my phone. Um, I did, did not feel any better. I started feeling worse. I started feeling quite suicidal. So I went ahead and grabbed out my paints. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint. And I never fucking paint anymore. Um... And I just, I just started painting, like, a little drawing of me, like, a little bubble of me. And I started hearing things coming from our podcast room, which we call The Dungeon. We don't mean it in, like, a negative term either. No, like, it's just a fun nickname that we give because, like, it doesn't have any windows. It's underneath the house. You know, it's just a fun nickname we give it. So we don't mean it in a negative way. Blah, blah, blah. So we were down here in the dungeon. Oh, I no. I heard the noises down here in the dungeon. And I kind of just tried to pass it off because I heard noises upstairs, you know, earlier on, but I could tell it wasn't coming from upstairs, but I was just trying to tell, say to myself, it's just upstairs. It's all right. It's nothing. I continued to paint and I was listening to a podcast and, you know, whatever. And I thought I saw Priscilla run past me and go in between our lounges. And when I turned around, Priscilla's up on the lounge, sound asleep next to Molly. And I'm like... Huh. Okay. I took one headphone out so I could still hear and I was just just painting, going along, and I heard more noises. Nothing was there. Priscilla had woken up by this point and she had come around and like did her little smoochy thing around me and jumped up on the table or jumped back up on the lounge, went to sleep. Same old, same old. Molly's still in the lounge. Brayden's in bed, Mouse is in the bedroom, Priscilla's on the lounge asleep. All of a sudden, 
I painted like one little blob of what's supposed to be representation of how I feel when I'm depressed. And I hear a deep meow come from this room. And I turned around, Priscilla's still on the lounge asleep with Molly. And I literally... There are no other cats in her house. And there's yeah. no access to this room. For another cat to get in. by going through our house. Literally, yeah. This is like a off-limits room to everywhere else in the house but us. But us, yeah. It's exclusively us. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, there's no, no logical explanation as to why there was a meow coming from here. It was not on the podcast I was listening to. It was just... This D and it sounded like Priscilla. And that's why I turned around and looked at Priscilla and she was not there. Like she was she was there, she was not awake, is what I mean, sorry. She was not there in the She was not in dungeon. the dungeon, that's for sure. <clears throat> she was asleep on the lounge. And I lit I just got up and I just went, Nope. <laughs> I noped it out of the lounge room, I turned the light off, came to the bedroom, crawled into bed with Brayden, and I was like Something creepy is going on. I'm hearing noises. I heard a meow. Brayden's half asleep and he goes, I'll say a prayer. And he said it in his sleep. and said uh, it in my head. Said it in your head and went back to sleep. And I laid there. I left the door open a little bit. For Molly. For Molly because she was still out in the lounge. I was like, you know what? Fend for your fucking self. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you're a big girl. And yeah, so I, I left it open for her to come in. She didn't come in. And I had the telly on. But then I saw a figure stand in the door and it had like kind of muted red eyes and I could see like an outline of a face and a body and I just stared. I could not break the stare. It was like a staring competition with this figure and I was like in my head I couldn't I just I could not bring myself to say it out loud but I was saying go away leave us alone go away leave us alone and I don't know how many times I said it. I don't know how long I did it for, but all of a sudden I'm waking up in the morning. I don't remember going to sleep or anything like that. That's so creepy. Mm. Oh, and you should also mention that when you saw this figure, or when I sat up, mm. I started going into coughing fits. Oh, yeah, I came into the bedroom and Brayden, he, yeah, just started coughing. And it wasn't coughing earlier, I wasn't was sick earlier, healthy. like nothing. Just started coughing and I was like, do you need a drink? Like, what's wrong? And I was just like, my chest is, it felt like suddenly the room filled with like invisible smog and I was just... It was just, just like a dense atmosphere. I was the only one coughing. Mm. Creepy. Mm-hmm. I was like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? And I felt a little bit tight, but then I was like, you know what? It's probably just my anxiety, just my mental illness. Yeah. And then I think my mental illness just brought on whatever this entity was. Yeah. But we we smudged the house the next day. Uh, Brayden's mum came down and she blessed um, all the entries and exits of the house. But she was drawn to Brayden's computer as, like, the portal that this thing came through. So if you're listening to this right now, because we edit and record on this computer, so if we're transmitting you spirits, we are sorry. (laughs) Um, Get yourself some sage, smudge the house. Um, <laughs> STDs, more like STGs. Oh my god, sexually transmitted ghosts. Oh no, it wouldn't be sexually, would it? <laughs> Statically transmitted ghosts. I don't know, I'm tired, alright. <laughs> anyway, 
it's almost nine o'clock. Shit. Very creepy stuff mm. that happened. We thought we'd share that with you. Yes. That's fun. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of You, Me, and a Poltergeist Mistress Edition. Woohoo! <laughs> we love you. Thank you for our spon- to our sponsoring patrons who make the show happen. That's right. Absolutely. And thank Keeps you to, us going. And thank you to all listening currently. Uh, we are only one or two likers away from 300 on Facebook. So if you want to head over there and like our page, that would be greatly appreciated. And hey, tell your mama about us. Thanks. Follow us on Instagram at youmeanapoltergeist as well. Thank you so much. You can follow our personals at Braden Five, where I do on number five episode. And <laughs> do you want to say that again? Yeah, I do. No, I'm going to say to you. It sounds like one of them uh, race announcers. Yeah. Oh, the auction announcers, sorry. And I am Bambi Maccas, B A M B I M A C C A S. And everybody. Double G. Bambi Maccas dog. Okay, there's no dog at the end of that. We just want to remind you to exercise regularly, mate. <laughs> Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bug. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.